Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, you should have never mixed me and bust up. It's a lethal combination. In the beat, go. Yeah, hallway and T-Bone. What y'all know about that? Let's go. I'm trying to change this music, my nizzle is official I'm tired of hearing heaters that whistle and sizzle When gangsters pull out their pistols I'm like only trying to get in the middle and settle the difference Cause too many rappers is tripping, no nobody wanna listen Plus I'm tired of all the cussing and cursing So I started rehearsing, working on converting a better version For every person that's hurting, lurking, searching for life's purpose Feeling suicidal and worthless, but you ain't certain If you're ready to die, need this earth surface And cross over and see what's on the other side of this life's curtain Call me the Moses of Bram, taking it back to the days when it's all the fact was Your 
host, Brother Seth, coming at you for another episode. I think we're over 415 shows now. I want to thank all of you that have contributed to these shows over the years since 2011, especially my Bloodline family. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And for those really all over the U.S. and various parts of the planet, thank you, thank you, appreciate it. Listen, tonight, folks, we have an open forum, very simple. It's an open forum. That means whatever is on your mind or on your spirit, I should say, we will entertain it. All you have to do is just press one of the phone lines or type in that concern or question or comment in the chat room. If you do post your concerns in the chat room, we ask that you put question marks before and after your questions where we can where it'll stand out uh, above the other chatting. If you're on the phone lines you have a question or comment, remember, all you have to do is press 1. Once you come on and make your comment and it goes off, you go back off the line, press 1 so your hand will go down. So tonight we're ready to just, again, uh, entertain your concerns, your questions and comments. Uh, a lot going on around us. As I say so often, there's a lot going on outside of us. A whole lot of things going on around us. A whole lot of things going on around us, folks. The Most High is doing his thing with his people and with his with those that are not, um, not talking about his creation, I'm talking about his people. Uh, he's doing things with his people and, the, and those that are chose not to be his people or don't know to, that they need to be his people. He's working with all of us. And then the enemy, unfortunately, is working with the same two sets of people. And hopefully, if you are a believer, he's getting less play in your life. And the Most High is um, leading, guiding us into all truth, as the scriptures say. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you for another episode this June the 2nd, 2019. Um, folks, what we're going to do is uh, um, just pretty much start off with about three or four things I have on my spirit, things that dear to my heart, things that's been on my mind or on my heart heavily lately. It is a difference between the heart and the mind, you know, um, Things it's like the mind is the threshing floor, the place where you kind of sort it all out, and then the heart is where it kind of linger, um, um, and that's where we get a lot of our. Well, most of us are acting out on what's in our heart, not so much in our head. But anyway, folks, again tonight, uh, right here on Five Smooth Songs, we're going to be doing this for probably another two hours. I try best to stick with two hours tonight, and. Um, we may go over, but I'm I'm going to start, I promise you, I promise the listeners tonight, I'm going to try my best to have this show no more than about two hours, two hours, because I know a lot of you have a lot on your plate, and uh, these shows can be a little lengthy. I know Brother Seth sometimes have a lot to say, and I want to say it various ways, but I'm going to have to work on that and try to get some of you out, since you've been so diligent and listen to these shows, the least I could do is try to curve them to like two hours, so a little bit more than that, okay? So we'll try our best for that tonight. Just so you know, heads up everybody, to everybody. We definitely are going to try to stick with uh, these um, shorter shows, okay? Serious. Uh, listen, those of you that have enjoyed Five Food Songs over the years, I have heard so many people um, just really boast about these shows and Many of you have just been blessed. I mean, you've sent me emails. I've gotten texts over the uh, years, emails, um, even on my Facebook. 
you've been blessed by these shows, and uh, I just want to ask that you do one step further for me, and that is, in addition to listening to our shows, if you could be so kind to follow us. That link I sent you, or that text I sent you, or however I got the information about this show to you, for uh, about this show tonight to you. If you could go to that link on that front page, there should be a button that says follow, follow. On the Blog Talk Radio uh, front page of Five Smooth Stone, there should be a follow button. If you could do, be so kind to click that button, it's going to ask you to sign into either Facebook or Twitter. It's not going to keep your information and sign onto your Facebook and do anything. It's just that's where you're going to be have your messages sent to you, okay? It's going to send it to your wall if it's your Facebook and Twitter, wherever Twitter gets their um, notifications at, okay? So that's what's happening um, with regards to following us. It's just that simple. Follow the show. Follow the show. Sometimes we do these shows at the, um, with plenty of advance notice, sometimes with very little, very little advance notice. And guess what? You won't be without being notified. You'll know every time we do our thing. So, again, follow the show. I can't stress it enough for those of you that really have enjoyed the shows. Also, those of you who have been listening to various shows over the years, or you might like a particular topic that I talk about, because I, I, I'm very repetitious, and it's for a reason. I talk about mainly five topics. However, I do venture out and talk about pretty much anything and everything going on in our world, but it's also always going to come back to those five topics that I feel are calling to deal with more than any other thing. That's just what Brother Seth said, okay? So if I say something more than once, you can always do this. Google the show. You can do it by going to google.com and simply typing in Blog Talk Radio 5 Smooth Songs and that topic, whether it be uh, Bible leprosy or whether it be white supremacy or whether it be kingdom of God or whether it be um, just any of the things I talk about, just know you can fish through all of those shows by doing it that way. Or you can just type in Five Smooth Stone Blog Talk Radio and just go to the front page and just move down. It's like 13 pages of shows. Those shows going to jump out at you, okay? You can do it that way. And uh, also, I want to just uh, just kind of remind everybody why we are so repetitious and why we don't talk about a lot of things like faith a lot. A lot of things like uh, some people have over the years said, well, why don't you talk about this? Or why don't you talk about that? As a rule, when you want to hear things like faith or you want to hear things about um, divine um uh, angels or any of these topics, folks, you can Google those topics and get any and every kind of ministry out there all over the world. You can be state-specific. You can say, I only want to hear from folks preaching about faith in Texas. That's just how many people are talking about faith out there. You can get scores of ministers on any of the topics uh, uh, that we kind of shy away from. It's not that we don't uh, feel those topics are important or even more important than what we talk about. We just try to talk about things like we say say in the emblem. We talk about things that the Father is definitely saying that you cannot hear in your religious institutions. Basically because these institutions are being rebellious, to be very honest with you. It's just all there is. They're just trying to be politically correct. A lot of times, a lot of times they fear losing membership. A lot of times they fear just 
Fear, fear, fear. You pick the fear. You, you pick the reason. <laughs> but I'm saying for whatever reason, there's a lot of things that we have had in our heart, a lot of questions we've had in our hearts as believers, as, as human beings, as women, as men, as children, as teenagers. You cannot go to your local church and ask these questions. You're not going to get an answer if you do. If you are, sometimes they're going to put you in the back room. So what this network try to do is highlight topics, messages, revelations, interpretations that you just can't get in your learning institutions. It's just that simple, folks. It's just that simple. And this, I'm sure, was birthed out of uh, one of the things that was birthed out of other than the Father just simply instructed me to do it this way. I believe one of the things it was birthed out of is Brother Seth, over the years, as a, as a young child, when he would go and try to ask these questions to pastors and various people in clergy, he would be pushed away and felt like he was a problem, felt like he was trying to be uh, unteachable or rebellious or something other than a child of the Most High who is trying to understand their God or their Bible or maybe their mind. So that's what we try to do at this Five Smooth Stone Network. Again, answering or, or trying to talk about things that the Father is declaring, what He is saying. All of our teachings are Bible-based. I don't. I, I, I will talk about other books, of course, but primarily it's Scripture-driven. Every single stone or every one of those five stones or five topics, every single one of them. So just know that that is why we don't get into a lot of the the more popular uh, topics to teach about, okay? Again, if you don't have a lot of people talking about it, somebody got to talk about it. So we just talk about it and talk about it a lot, okay, where we can have an answer. Um, again, the scripture talks about we're supposed to have an answer for those inquire of us. And people are inquiring, our children are inquiring about the faith that is in us, the belief system that is in us. So anyway, so I want to take a little, a, a little short, short break, and I want to come back and talk about a few things. Here's a couple of things that's on my heart. Y'all can be kind of thinking about what you think of it. One of them is the program, the CNN program that just came on that is getting a lot of, uh, that got a lot of attention. And uh, that was the, the show where they was talking about the state of hate. The show that was on last night, I really, really liked that show. And I want to talk about it. Uh, we're talking about hate and the uh, explosion of white supremacy in the U.S. And uh, many of you, I'm sure, saw that with uh, Farad, Farid, uh, Zakaria. I think I pronounced his name right, but anyway, he did a very good job talking about this rising sea of white men and women uh, under the uh, declaring that whites are superior and and, and the immigrants is is bringing the country down and and you know and the great white people build this country to build everything good and every, all non-white people is tearing it down. That's pretty much what they're saying. It's just ridiculous. But I want to talk about it in a more, uh, I would say, intellectual and more in-depth in to a degree where you will make some, can make some sense out of it. A lot of people blow these people off and write them off as crazy. But, folks, we have got to quit trivializing uh, 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 when we see millions 
different people saying the same thing. We gotta quit just calling everybody stupid and dumb and ignorant. These people have a very legitimate concern with what's in their head. They are acting perfectly, perfectly brilliant for what's in their head. Again, uh, <laughs> they're acting foolish to us because of what's in our head. But what's in their head, they're thinking this is the way to go. Boot them up out of this country. Take your country back. And they feel this is intelligence. Again, to us, those of us that know better, we think it's foolish. But we got to not call them foolish because they're not foolish. They are uh, deceived. They are ignorant. Uh, Some of them are even deceptive. Uh, but they're not, I don't think, fools. I think they really feel threatened. Uh, you know, a lot of white, our white brothers and sisters, the skin, I should say, there I go, perpetuating a lie. Because they're, they're not a race based on a color. But I, I feel like this, a lot of our brothers and sisters that happen to have less pigment, who is classified as Caucasian, feels like this is the grounds for being a race and having said all of that that white skin according to science and and, and everybody is going to be threatened uh it's going to not exist and um got, excuse me it's going to be the minority in 2045 and then in uh less than 100 years it's going to be extinct on the planet in other words we're talking about the browning of the planet but before the browning of the planet, the browning of America, and they are furious over that. And they feel like, some of them feel like, it is time to take black lives. It is time to right the wrong and to take what is ours and literally kill, start minusing some black people. And that is what they are doing behind the scenes. Uh, unfortunately, cell phones is not everywhere. Wherever there is people breathing with this mentality, uh, a lot of them, not all of them, a lot of them, not all of them are acting out on this deception, and we had better pay attention to it. We had better pay attention to it. We had better pay attention to our brothers and sisters with less pigmentation who have got a hold of some really bad doctrine, philosophies, lies, from the enemy, from the evil one, and that is acting out. Everybody is not taking black lives. Sometimes they're just simply making black, so-called black people. No such thing based on no such thing as race based on on skin color. But the people that wear darker skin, these folks, these so-called white supremacists, are not necessarily taking lives all the time because they don't want to go to jail, some of them. So what they're doing is making it hard. They are oppressing us. And if they're not oppressing us themselves or taking our lives themselves, what they do is when they see others do these things, they don't speak out. And when I talk about white supremacy tonight, because I'm not going to sit in this whole show talking about white supremacy, so don't worry. There's other things, other other table topics I have in my bag as well. But when I do talk about white supremacy tonight, 
I want you to remember it is a philosophy. It is not a people. White people are not our problem. White supremacy is our problem. White supremacy, unfortunately, is in the minds and is in the hearts of a lot of so-called black people. They don't value black lives because of them listening to what white people have told us we are over the years. I said this, this will be the third week straight. I quoted him, but I'm going to quote him again, Louis Farrakhan. Now that I give you everything Louis Farrakhan say, I don't think he hates, but if he does, I'm definitely not into hating whites. But he said something profound. God made man. White folks made niggas. And that is a profoundly true statement. When you see so-called black people acting out of their minds, out of their, you know, I know there's evil in the world before whites would even, even went into Europe. But I'm saying a lot of this acting out, this self-hate, where we're just taking each other's lives, we don't have no value for each other's life, that is not normal. People don't just do that all over the world. They don't just have such a self-hate and disdain for each other. This comes from the philosophy of white supremacy and the devaluing of black, so-called black-skinned people. So yes, black people are one of the biggest perpetrators, or should I say the biggest, they practice white supremacy. They're not perpetrating, they practice white supremacy. And I think in some time, sometimes they're, they're more true to it. I'll say this and I'm going to uh, uh, switch gears and take a little break here. What I mean by that is, and I have to say this because some of y'all think I'm cuckoo when I say that, is white, so, some, some of our white brothers and sisters, and again, we're not going to talk about this all night, just to allow me to hit this quickly because this was a, a, a show that came on last night and, and they got into some numbers that's very alarming, scary to be very honest. Folks, this is serious. We have a war on our hands, I don't even know it. But anyway, black people don't know how whites live behind the scene. They don't know how unhappy they really are. They don't know how fulfilled they really are. Some of us do because we go behind the scenes. But most white blacks, so-called blacks, don't go behind the scenes. Especially all these foreigners coming over here who have come from an all-black country. And they believe what they're hearing from these white supremacists about how wonderful their lives are. And they believe that everything whites, a lot of things white people say and do is superior. And so while whites know the truth about them, how they truly feel deep inside when nobody is around, about their family, about their marriage, about their, about their churches, about the guilt that they go through, about the, here's a good one, here's the biggest one of all, the ancestral blood that's on their hands from, from oppressing and killing, if not killing, oppressing people of color for decades, blood all over their hands. And the father's going to deal with that. They're not just going to go innocent because they're born again. I don't believe that. I think you still have to reap a lot of that. You just salvage. You just say the Father allow you in his kingdom. But I don't think you just, oh, you, that stuff has to be, you know, the judgment has to come. But anyway, they're not going to tell you all of that. And so they know their state. So when they try to preach supremacy, they're lying. Some of them deceive. Some of them. I think most of them, to be honest with you. And then there is, however, that pocket of so-called white people that is just as ignorant and unlearned as we we are. 
and they actually believe their stuff don't stink because they just don't know history. Now, those are white supremacists, for real. White power, white power. They really are white supremacists. So you got the poor, not always poor, though. It's not a, it's not based on money. But money does help education sometimes. But what I'm saying, folks, listen to me very careful. Please see your brother tonight. Again, this is just one of the things we'll be talking about a little later on. A lot of our white brothers and sisters are totally ignorant of uh, of, of what what the powerful white people are about. They actually think that they are happy. They believe what the powerful white people tell them. So they actually ascribe to whites being superior. They don't know the truth themselves, unlike other whites. So these these uninformed whites, some, most of them are poor, but some of them have, may have some money or something. They may have a little something. These are bona fide white supremacists. So it's them that are the bona fide white supremacists and minorities. This comprise the class of white supremacists, the true white supremacists. And like I say, I think the minorities, so-called non-white people, are bigger white supremacists than, 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 than everybody because they are more distant from what white, how white people really live versus those poor whites that have uncles and cousins and they hear a little stuff here and there. So I believe, and I submit to the brothers and sisters tonight, that we are the biggest white supremacists in terms of the, the definition of the word. White people who are saying they appear are liars. They're deceivers, tricksters. They're, 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 they're very deceptive people. Those that are, 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 are espousing to this, this doctrine, they know better. They know better. Folks, they know better. We don't know better. They knew when they was putting these, a lot of my white brothers and sisters would tell me later on, uh, you know, when I began to ask them about this white image, they knew that the Messiah didn't look like that. At the same time, we didn't know. We really thought that some of us, up until our 40s, and some of us even our 50s, we actually thought he was a white man. Some of y'all still think it in your 60s. See what I mean? By them being deceptive, and not necessarily. You can't be a white supremacist if you don't believe it. You have to believe you're really superior. I don't think they really believe it. They just say it. That's why they're kind of always trying to compete with us. Just because somebody say whites is better, this is that, and they, some of them are just liars. Liars. Some, some of our white brothers and sisters are some of the biggest liars on the planet about history, about their history, about who you are, about who God is, so-called God is, about who America is, about who, what Africa is. They're just liars, liars, liars. Whereas so-called black people are deceived, tricked, because a lot of times they don't know. And then there are those black folks that do know, like some of you listen that listen to the Five Simple Stone Network. So anyway, again tonight, that's just one of the table topics that we'll talk about. Uh, there are others, and I'll go into those after this little short little break. I just want to take a break because I want to allow more people to come. There's a few people that I thought would be coming, and um, um, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not going to uh, – so just, folks, uh, take this little short break. We'll be right back. Again, you've been listening to the Five Six on Network. I'm Brother Seth, and we got, we're about to be swinging here in a little bit. Just wait till you hear these other table topics.
to the things that'll bring the trauma. Overseas, yeah, we trying to stop terrorism, but we still got terrorists here living in the USA, the big CIA, the bloods and the crips and the KKK. But if you only have love for your own race, then you only leave space to discriminate. And to discriminate only generates hate. And when you hate, then you're bound to get irate. Yeah. Madness is what you demonstrate, and that's exactly how anger works and operates. Man, you gotta have love just to set it straight. Take control of your mind and meditate. Let your soul gravitate to the love, y'all, y'all. Father, 
demands out of us to have to each other. Scripture says like this, the greatest love, since y'all thinking I'm just talking, talking here, the greatest love that you can have is to give your life for a friend. Again, Christ said, the greatest love you can have is to give your life for a friend. Would you do it for a friend? I mean, actually, it's just for a stranger. Well, let me find this. Whenever I misquote something, I like to just go ahead and pull it up. So just bear with me. I'm going to pull it up. Again, this is John 15 and 13. Listen to this. Some people say, I love this, love that, love, love, love. Well, the greatest love on this planet. I guess this is hiring a boyfriend and girlfriend love. The greatest love that exists between two humans is found in the book of John, King James Version, John 15 and 13. Greater love hath no man than this. Here it comes. That a man lay down his life for his friends. Does say friends. Wow, that's the greatest love. Would you lay down your life for your friends? Well, that is the greatest love. So, true, one love, one planet. We got to do better, folks. There is so much hate around this. It's scary. I have been recently really entertaining uh, the idea of, uh, I know I've been saying it for a while. It's kind of getting old. I probably shouldn't say it no more. But purchasing a firearm, more than one, um, I guess I told off of myself when I said purchasing a farm, it makes, I guess y'all know I don't own them, but I really don't own one. But uh, I, I think it's a different world we live in now. I think we need to be very, very ready to defend ourselves and our families for what we're having to go through in this country as whites walk through this deception. Some of our white brothers and sisters walk through this deception of thinking they got to take back, they got to take back something that they never own. And this is how it is if you know history. So don't don't trivialize it because this this is the history of this country, bloodbath, bloodbath. And I do think the father is going to give his children, his people, a word to set them free, to deliver them, to, to protect them is what I'm trying to really articulate, something to protect them. Uh, no father is going to leave his child without protection. I don't believe it. No, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe he's going to do that. Why would he do that? Why would any father do that? I think the father is going to protect us, brothers and sisters. But when he tells us to move, we have better move. And I just think we are at a point in our life where we're just not the kind of people that um, – I'm not saying we're not obedient. We're just scared. Uh, we just we, sometimes you can beat people down so long when it's time for them to, um, you know, uh, do their thing or to to be aggressive or to protect or, or to defend themselves. They just don't know how. And I think we as a people, especially a lot of our older people, they just been beat down too much. And this young generation is bringing a breath of fresh air, and a lot of us, is, we're scared of it. You know, a lot, I know a lot of them are, are, are full of energy, and they scare us, and they're a little crazy, some of them. I know we see the news, and we're very worried and all that, but a lot of these young people is very, very much in control 
of their faculties, of their mind. A lot of them are just brilliant, and they own firearms, and they feel like I am not going to be a statistic. I'm going to protect myself. And I think we don't know what to do with that, especially those of us in the church. And we're just going to have to come to have a, a session where we've got to really talk this out. We've got to be bold and be, you know, I don't think cops are going to be coming our neighborhoods killing us, killing boys and our, our children if they know everybody's there, strapped and, and know their rights and we'll defend their turf and we'll defend their children. I just think as long as we have this passive mentality, they're going to constantly push us around until either bloodshed or we hit them in the pocketbook. And I mean, the pocketbook, people think it's really successful, but not all the time. But I do think it, it, it does work sometimes. Uh, we have to be have be ready to, 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 to fight back with our pocketbooks uh, with our pistol. Uh, I'm just being honest. We have to be able to defend ourselves, not fight back in terms of go on the offense. You know, you kill us, we're going to kill you. I, I'm not quite there yet. I just believe in defending yourself. Um and uh, that could mean making sure we uh, tell our children and our young men to just literally have a seminar in our homes where we dramatize, act it out. How you, how do you act when police talk to you crazy? When they, when they, you know, how to, how to not die, basically. Because too many times I see these young boys and young girls doing things that piss off these already racist, walk their country back you know, wants our country back type of people. And I just think we're not wise with how our young people who know their rights, but they have to understand you're dealing with people that don't give a flip about your rights. They'll sit up and take your life and knowing you had a right. So you got we have got to be aware of that. You know, there are some cops, if you know your rights and you stand for your rights, they'll back down. But you got to know when to hold them, so to speak, and know when to fold them. So this is the kind of things I mean when I say we need a defense. We need to fight back. Uh, and, uh, uh, again, everybody, I think um, I've changed my mind 100%. I believe everybody should be packing. I do believe that. And I think if you're not, consider it, think about it. And I don't mean some illegal, some, I mean legally having a farm in your home, in your car, and if your ladies uh in your purse at all times. I just believe that. And, um, you know, know when to declare. If you stop by police, say, you know, officer, with your hands on the stairwell, where I do have a farm in my purse, Keep your hands away from your purse. I like how one gentleman said, I don't know why I'm going on this road, but there's a lot of things we can talk about tonight, folks. Again, this is open forum on the Five Smooth Stone Network, but I'm just, i got to go down here. I like how one gentleman said to my, my uh, brother-in-law, he said the, the, the wisest thing I heard about someone that has a weapon within the car. He said, if an officer tell him to get out of the car, he's going to get out of the car. He's not going to tell the officer he has a, a pistol or a firearm inside of the vehicle. He's going to wait till he's physically out. Then he's going to say, Officer, just so you know, I do have a firearm. He's supposed to declare it. But don't these saying it's not wise to declare it while you're in the car. Too many things go down like that. So these are the kinds of things we'd have to be talking to our children about again. This is fighting back because right now we're not talking to our kids. We just say, obey that cop and don't be smart or something like that. But we need to know that they let them know they have rights. Don't be afraid. Don't be sitting there waving your rights away. Always don't consent to no searches. Keep your hands where you can see them. Don't be smart. 
don't be a smart, uh, as old people say, a smarty pants. <laughs> you know, yes, sir, no, sir. You know, be respectful. Know how to de-escalate. And here's a hard one for all of us to do on the side of those roads when we get pulled over. It's okay to lose some fights on the side. Of, it's okay to retreat. You know, if they if they if they if they low class enough to call your name, that's not a time to be trying to correct them. Get their badge number. Don't say what is your badge number. You just get their car number, the number of their vehicle. Uh, when they pass by you, and and or, or look on the ticket right there, and you can get the badge number and go down and file a complaint. So we ain't being scared now, but we got to be wise. I wouldn't be saying what's your badge number and all this stuff, but folks, I am serious as a heart attack right now. There are white males as I speak and as I do this blog show that are mounting up. They're getting ready for a war. And check this out. If that's not confusion enough, there's another group of white people that's against the, the, the white people I just named. There are some white people that feel like this is their nation. And then there's people like Antifa, whites, that are pro-immigrants and saying we're against these fascists. They call them fascists, these white supremacists. We're against them. And they're fighting them, and folks, they are armed to the hill. I mean, I mean, these whites are just as armed as those other whites, if not armed more. And I mean, there's thousands, if not millions, of them. Can you believe that? So we have to be very careful. No, when we're seeing people armed and white, they're not necessarily white supremacists. They could be those that's against the white supremacists. And I did a show where we talked about this about three or four shows ago. I'm not going to get too deep into it. Because I know some of you have heard that show, and I don't want to, you just have to go back and listen to it. Um, can't think of what that show was, but it'll be in the title, I'm sure. Um, anyway, anyway, you have to just, uh, again, you know what to do with the archives. Just simply Google Files and Stone Blog Talk Radio, and just it's about four shows ago. But anyway, that's something I want to hit. Um, I want to talk about another thing, just kind of go over some of the things going on in my head, and then I'm going to go back to this topic I open up with, and then we're going to switch to the next topic, to the next topic, to, until someone in the chat room type a new topic or ask a question of concern where we can try to answer it, or you press 1 on that phone line and come on and ask your question. Again, thank each and every one of you for tuning in to this powerful, powerful show tonight where we're going to be talking about... Uh, Several things, all right? So another thing I want to talk about a little later on is this CNN uh, thing on uh, 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 a little deeper into this. I'm already start talking about it, but let me go a little step further into that uh, um, show the other night, something I did mention, uh, uh, and that is we're going to talk about genes. Uh, genes uh, found out 99.9% of humans possess the same genotype, and that skin, white skin, is not... It's like point one percent in in the scheme of things. It's not even it does in other words, white skin don't define a race. I know I've said that a thousand times, but it's one thing for Brother Seth to say something, it's another thing to get the the, the gene expert, uh John uh Ventor, the researcher who did a who remapped the whole human body and come up with this finding. So uh I'll talk about that a little later on. Another thing I've been talking to a lot of young people and and that 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 covers the whole CNN part that I'll talk about later. But another thing I want to hit on eventually tonight is I am hearing a lot of people 
either say this with their mouth or say this with their action, that white people are winning. Not that it's a race, because it's not. But just to even have that race mindset, number one, is a problem because it's not a race. But number two, to even think that whites are winning, <clears throat> that is confusion if I ever heard it. Our white brothers and sisters, number one, is not a race, but they are a group. Like if there's a group of handicapped people, if there's a group of people that are tall, a group of people that are short, that's how I look at so-called white people, but not a race. Okay. Anyway, when I had a two two very deep conversations, and uh, they said they would call the show, we'll see. But I talked with a relative that really, really believes this. As a matter of fact, lots of my relatives believe this. And then there are some that vehemently, of course, disagree with it. But then I talk with people that are not related at all. And they, I promise you, a lot of our people see white people winning, winning, winning in life. They have a better life than we have. That's what I'm hearing. And I know I may sound crazy. I want to know what y'all think about this because I actually, actually, actually vehemently disagree with that narrative for sure. Number one is I don't, it's not like we're a race. It's not a race. Okay? So I don't want to put it back into the race status. I'm just going to talk about most white people I know so-called white people and most so-called black people I know. I don't even want to compare it. I'm just going to talk about the status of most white people I know in life and so-called black people I know in life. I think mankind, for the most part, is in trouble because mankind does not see things the way the Father have instructed him to see things. Mankind have built all types of systems and golden gods, gods of gold like the Egyptians, like the Israelites did, a statue of gold. They don't build all these idols to themselves, and they worship it, and they set, they allow idols to make standards. They, they create false standards or false balances to worship. White people are in trouble. They're in trouble. I'm not going to say they're more in trouble than so-called black people. I'm just going to say they're in trouble. Because they, some of them, because not all white people have money, and not all white people are doing well financially. Some of them are doing worse than some black, so-called black people. But for the most part, most of this 8% of the world's population that we call so-called white is financially doing, I can't say doing better, they have more to show than the average so-called black. But watch this. If what you got, you know in your heart of hearts, you got it on the back of others. Yes, according to the natural eye, you have more than these non-white people. And as far as math is concerned, you are Ahead, more wealthy according to math, according to the Forbes magazine, you 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 you're better 
in terms of just strict numbers. But in terms of the Bible talks about a, the Father giving wealth that addeth no sorrow. There must be wealth that adds sorrow. As far as wealth or money that added no sorrow, that's not going to be breaking up your families, that's not going to be causing, talking to the wife, he's so-called wife now, that's not going to be having your Uncle John to not like the other side of the family, and, and, and that's not going to be causing bitterness and unforgiveness. A lot of wives don't talk to each other. A lot of their families don't talk to each other. They don't have strong families like a lot of so-called black people that don't have so-called nothing. And I say so-called because that's what some people say, but not everybody say what. When some people look at so-called black people and they say, oh, they don't have nothing, or they poor, you can go talk to those people, and they may not know that unless you just, you know, just like it is when we were kids. We didn't know. So what I'm trying to say is, a lot of our white brothers and sisters do have the 401ks, the big accounts, um, living off the interest in banks. Not everybody has it like this. But those that do, I guarantee you in most cases, if you go up to those people and say, can you tell me that most of this money was gotten by hard, honest work? They're working hard for sure, most of them, not all of them. But is it honest? Are you proud of how you made this money? Have you helped humanity with how you made this money? You know, understand? Because, folks, if, it's, if that's not what we want to talk about, then all of us can just go out and be criminals and just get rich and, you know, what do we have? So I was trying to stress to my family, those family members you know you are, and to those outside of my family on my jobs and different things like that, that is really feeling like white people just have it so much better than so-called black people. I don't see it that way at all, at all. I do think a lot of black people suffer. They suffer pain. Sometimes the pain is so great it causes them to leave this earth before their time because of poverty, not having the money, the funds, the peace, the rest that comes with having a baker, not having to worry. But again, across town, you have whites with the money, and they do worry. There's a lot of worry with wealthy people. Don't know if you know anything about that, but there's a lot of worrying and trusting people. And the scripture even talks about the rich man worry who's going to take his money when he's gone. So there's a lot of worry, worry. So I'm not so sure that white people's lives are better than black people's lives. I think this. I think that they want you to think that, and I think we are bought into that loss, most of us. But I don't think all of us are bought into that lot because man is a spirit, brothers and sisters. Man is a spirit, brothers and sisters. Having an experience in a body, man is a spirit. When it's hungry, really, 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 really hungry, it's spiritual. When he's sad, really, really, really sad, it's spiritual. When he's happy, really, really, really happy, it's spiritual. The true needs of this being called mankind is spiritual. 
not natural, not financial. We need those things to exist in this realm called earth. If we don't, it makes life challenging for that spirit. We can't be spiritual. We can't we can't even get into the spiritual things and really enjoy the Father and the spirit world and spirits in this natural body. We can't. There is a conflict when when the money is not right. Well, I can't say that's not true. Let me back up. You back it up. If we don't spend quality time with the Father, because you can't buy this thing, if we don't sow spiritual seed in our lives in the earth, we will find ourselves unhappy spiritually. Money can't put that in us. Money can afford you time to study your Bible because you don't have to go to a job, but you can use that same free time and not study your Bible. You can study your Bible or spend the quiet time with the Father on a job in the middle of a mall or in the middle of traffic. You know, so money can't, there's no guarantee you're going to be more spiritual at all. So what I'm trying to say is if we are truly, truly, truly spiritual, spirit beings, having an experience in the body, how can you ever form your mouth to say or your mind to think, which I understand, I'm no better than them. There's some things I, I walk in deception in, and some of my family and friends or, or people I know, my job, coworkers, they do better than I do in some areas. But I'm just talking about for my brother Seth, my own mind's sake. I cannot fathom how you think because people have white skin that some kind of way that afford them some kind of wealth to their spirit, which is where the true needs of human beings are. I guarantee you, most, if you, if I see every one of y'all think of a millionaire, I guarantee you, if I say think of someone that's so-called white and that's wealthy, I guarantee you, most of the time they're stuck up, and if they're very nice, you got to get. I'm talking about something. I'm talking that you really get. That you really know. No, you know. I'm thinking of a lady right now. Is talking to my son about a job he's doing where he's having to work a lot of hours. I mean, a whole lot of hours. And he told me that on this job, um, I was so glad to see him work. And I, he shared with me that on his job that there's a lot of Hispanics. And I didn't put the two or two together till he told me there's a lot of Hispanics. He told me he only have one day off, and he worked 12-hour days. And I, up until this point, was very fond of this person that was, had hired him, and I still am because they didn't have to give him a chance. But I got to thinking to myself, wait a minute, Hispanics, Texas, Hispanic, Texas. And I realized what this employer is doing is being a little inhumane to these workers. If you're working 12 hours a day, you should have three days off or four days off. But instead, it's like I don't see you as human. And this is what I mean. Again, I'm glad and I'm thankful that she was able to hire him. But that's what people do. They say, well, you know what, I don't have to hire you. Be glad you got it. This is what I mean by people with money, people with the wherewithal to have lucrative businesses. This is my life. This is all I know. This is all I've ever seen among the rich. 
This is all I ever seen in my life. I very seldom see wealthy people demonstrating the character of Christ with a whole lot of money. Very seldom. Very seldom in my life. So I'm saying, why do we as a people think because somebody has, you know, retirement money at 18, 19 years old, they just stack for the rest of their life, you know, or maybe they don't work on no job because they money, family got money. Why do we think always that they're better off than somebody working? The, the person that working might be have his hours tied to a job, and in that sense, yeah, I see what you're saying, they have a freedom there, but what if that person is happy on that job? What if that person have a good marriage? What if that person have good children, respectable children? I've seen this with my eyes. I've seen the two different families, and one of them just totally just crazy. I'm thinking of a group called the Bee Gees that used to be one of the top groups in the in the world. And uh, I just didn't know Barry Gibb that had all that kind of stuff going on in their family. But, you know, you look at them, and they're making all this money, and they're super rich, and you're thinking, oh, they got it together. Folks, the Scripture says it like this. Let's just go to the Scriptures. And again, we're going to talk about several things. I still got some topics in the table, table, on the table we'll bring up here. But this blows me away. So many of our people thinking white people got it better. White people got it better because they got money. If Anyway, the Bee Gees was a very powerful group, you know, very unique voices. And they had just crazy turmoil, just and people died early with bitterness, and they fought to seem like the death. The Bee Gees, you never would have probably known it if I didn't tell you that. But there's so many well-to-do groups that don't speak to each other. You know, the Jacksons, Miss Jackson, uh, Michael Jackson's mother said, if I could do it all over again, I would not have had my children wealthy. You know, this part of the family, Latoya not talking to the other side of the family, Janet not talking to her. It's just, it's just money, if it's not in the hands of a godly heart, a person with a godly heart, and I mean a true heart after the Most High, it's going to destroy them. So, again, I'm addressing comments, belief systems, thoughts, implications of whites having it better. I do think it's better to sleep on a prostitutic mattress than a regular mattress. That is something better. So in some things that whites have, I do think certain cars are better than other cars. It depends on what you're trying to do with the car. There are such things as better cars. There is such thing as a better neighborhood. If you're in a neighborhood where you're shooting all the time, a lot of noise, and you're in another neighborhood that's quiet, that is a better neighborhood uh, in terms of just that particular neighborhood. Because there are people that they're shooting uh, like every night, you know, crime, all this stuff is not good for a neighborhood. If you don't have that, you have a better neighborhood. I'm not cuckoo with this thing. But what I'm saying is just because there's white people don't make it better. Or it's because there's black people don't make it, you know, like they told me in the real estate class when I took this real estate uh, law a long time ago about how the appraisals do and what when blacks move in. The guy apologized to me that, that was running the class, brothers and sisters, and was telling me that when African Americans move in, no matter how nice they are, no matter if they're God fearing, soon as they move in, they appraise property. He says we are work he was teaching real estate law in college. This gentleman said, it don't matter how nice those blacks are, when they move into a neighborhood and someone 
that is a, a bona fide appraiser, and he sees a lot of black people, he is to think lower the appraisal amount. That's what you call systemic racism. So you got all this kinds of stuff going on that people are doing. How can you ever think that their life is better? And they are just every which way, every decision, every other decision it seems like they make is hurting, harming, uh, uh, impeding uh, the process, uh, or, it's, or even sometimes taking a life. How can we be so gullible to think because somebody got some money that their life is better? Now, you might say, well, we're dying. You know, yes, we are dying, but they're dying too. I just don't see them as having a better life. I see them as needing the Father, needing needing salvation, and and is in trouble, and having blood on their hands and guilt, and needing those opioids. The opioids. If I'm, I always have a hard time saying it. The 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 drugs, uh, the uh, pain. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Painkillers and and just a just a overly exposed drug culture. I'm talking about good white people. I'm talking about church-going so-called white people. Just everybody on something. That's because these people are not right. And I know I'm generalizing. I don't mean every single white. Of course, I don't mean that. I don't mean every single black. It's always an accepted rule. But I do mean, make no qualms about it, I do mean most. I do mean most of the so-called white people I've seen. I see suffering in those Mercedes in those uh, well-to-do neighborhoods. I see pain. I see broken homes. I see uh, here's a good one, atheists. I see broken relationships with the Most High. I see pain in the body. I see all kind of diseases that I don't see quite in the, in the black neighborhoods with them having some time in certain black neighborhoods as not as much knowledge of that whites have about their own body. I see just a lot of afflictions with our white brothers and sisters. Sometimes hurricanes or tornadoes, I see fires, I see stuff happening to them that I don't always see happen to the so-called black people. And so uh, I don't think black people are, I can't say that black people have it better than them. I just think that mankind is suffering almost equally. There's some things about so-called black people. I think that they are suffering disproportionately. I think they're worse. Here's a good one. I believe, and I'm not going to say this one time because I talk about this all the time. I mean all the time on this show. But I believe that black so-called African Americans have it harder, seven times harder actually, because the scripture says they would have it harder because they are Israelites. So, but I can't say that that's black people. Black people includes Indian, includes uh, Africans, all kind of Africans. Uh, we got about forty, over forty some states, uh, nations over there, if you will, nations, forty something nations over there. And I do not believe when them people come over here that they're less intelligent in that. I just think they have challenges that some of us don't have. So. I just want to address a little, again, this this comment about whites having it better, because I see a lot of gloominess. I see a lot of hopelessness among our people, and I try to do these shows to uplift our people. Now, I don't know if that's going to uplift you, knowing if I could, even if I was able to get you to see that, I can hit it a little harder, and I probably will hit it a little harder. But my point is, I just can't. 
I just have to do shows. I have to. I have to be a part of the solution, brothers and sisters, because so many of you, so many of even myself, I have days where you would think I didn't believe none of this I'm saying. I mean, I look at certain times, certain maybe certain hours of the day. I don't know if I'm maybe too tired and I just don't have the mind to fight. I don't know if that's it. But every once in a while, I do feel like they're getting the better. Of, they're getting the better part of me. They're getting the best of me. Or, or they winning, you know, just a little bit. But it don't take long for me to just stop what I'm doing and realize who are we talking about. We're talking about a people that scientists, preachers, politicians, everybody is saying, professors, is saying in 2045 or around thereabout, so-called white skin is going to be a minority in this country, and in less than 100 years, they are not going to even be on this planet. Now that right there, if you think you are a people based on color, which is what a lot of them think, that right there is going to bring them anxiety, pain, frustration. They're not a people based on skin color, but they think so. So to them, it's going to be painful. Pain is relevant. If it's painful, it's painful. I'm trying to tell them, don't worry. You're still going to be around. I'm trying to tell my white brothers and sisters, don't worry about this, these statistics because you're not who you are based upon a color. You're still going to have grandkids. You're still going to have relatives. You're still going to be around. It's just that they won't look white. It's no genocide to you as a person. There's genocide to white skin. It's a difference, a big difference. Anyway, I want to uh, recommend someone to y'all, uh, everybody to check this out. I want to, I don't never ever see nobody CNN, but I want to have you, want everybody to go to CNN, you get a chance. Again, these all these news networks is partial and biased and left and right and can't trust none of them to be honest with you, but I want everybody to go and check out this article. This show, actually, this show should be coming on tonight. Check your local settings for a show called um, "The State of Hate." The State of Hate. The State of Hate. You got to check it out. Folks, y'all got to hear what they are saying. You got to be up. You don't have to go around studying everything that all of the news. I know it's very depressing, but if you are a, a person with with children or with aunts, or excuse me, with nephews and nieces, just if you are just breathing on this planet, especially in America, you need to know this thing about the rise of white supremacists. They're everywhere. They're on your job, they're in your hospitals, they're in your they're everywhere, folks. You gotta be aware of what they're saying. And when these conversations come up in your world, you are required by the most high the scripture says if you have art against your brother, go to him. Go to him. We are required to go to our brothers and sisters that have this foolishness in them and say, you know, Michael or John or um, Jacob or whatever, whoever it is, say, listen, I heard you make this comment about this being, you know, make America great again. What exactly do you mean? You need to stay humble. You need to, not humble, I'm not the way I want to. You need to stay um, respectful. 
you need to stay uh, it's always good to compliment people and say some good things about them on anything you talk about if you can think of something good to say about them you know, put you know. I know they call it cheering up to them or whatever, but always think of something good to say to people. If you can't think of something good to say, think of something you have in common. You know, you just don't want to go up with that attitude. But you've got to address this white supremacy, folks. My goodness, these people are serious, and they are dealing with our children in these education system and in our schools, and they are acting out on this this notion that we. Us, we as in so-called dark-skinned people, is taking their country. We've got to let these people know when you got here, there were people here, and you didn't just build up this country, even though some of you might have led the charge for, for the build. You might have been the ones to say, build this here, build this there. You didn't do this by yourself. You used slave labor. Those slaves, if they went back to Africa or just would have just killed themselves, they would, you wouldn't have nobody to build your country. White House and the city of Chicago, lots of places been actually built by slaves, thousands and thousands of places. Great buildings built by the backs of slaves, but more importantly, this country has been built on the backbone of free slave labor. You need to let them know that, and they say, well, we still made the shots, we still call the shots. Try that with someone trying to build a skyscraper and just have the guys out there that's calling the shots to see if that skyscraper can build. Tell them that. Engage them. Talk about all the contributions that the slaves made and all of the inventions like the lawnmower and the thousands and thousands, and I do mean thousands of inventions that whites have taken over and made money off of and have become billionaires within uh, uh, John Deere tractor. This man, this is a multi-million dollar company from that invention. You know, you got to bring up all these things and see how a lot of these slaves was not given credit. And then talk about not just slavery, but even after slavery, great things and great strides that was made by the African American, great minds, even all over in Africa, the fastest computer, the father of the Internet, Philip, um, I forget his name. Uh, but I'm just saying, folks, You've got to engage. If you just ignore it, how do you expect these wonderful, precious people? They are precious. you got to see it. I know some of y'all don't want to. You're mad, you're angry, you're bitter. But you've got to understand they are precious. And they do belong to the Father. They are his creation. And we've got to find a way to get along with these people. Now, I'm not talking about kissing up. I'm not be, talking about being no Uncle Tom. I ain't on that stuff. I'm not on it at all. You don't talk like I'm talking to me, to Uncle Tom. I'm talking about engaging these folks, and that's not the spirit of an Uncle Tom. But I'm saying you got to engage toe-to-toe, lie-to-lie. Every time you hear something they say that's incorrect, challenge it. Challenge it. If you, and try to talk, have a part two in your conversation. You know, if you have to invite them out to dinner, if that makes me, make, I mean, I mean, I don't know what it's going to take for some of you. I don't know what all y'all do, but I'm saying, folks, we're in trouble. We're in trouble, and we're not in trouble. Those of us that trust the Most High, and it really believes that He is going to protect us and lead us and guide us in and out of danger, and that He truly, as Psalm 23 says, is going to prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies. We're not in trouble. This this is a part of a vacation. We are operating in that peace, that Sabbath, or that Shabbat. We are enjoying our lives. If that's what we feel and truly believe. 
you can have peace in the midst of this storm. I'm thinking about the scripture that says, I know I'm quoting scripture tonight, but folks, come on, what are we going to do? Not quote scripture and just start philosophizing on our own. But there's a scripture that says, we're troubled on every side. Let me pull it up. Second Corinthians 4. Second Corinthians 4. Listen to this. Listen to what I'm about to read to y'all. Because I promise you, brothers and sisters, there are so many people that is just really saddened. And they, a lot of people are suicidal. Yes, 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 a lot of people are suicidal. Looking at this country and all that is happening around them, uh, looking at what's happening inside of them, there's fears, worries, anxiety inside of them. And then looking at things that they are doing to people, sometimes they don't understand why they're responding the way they're responding. So a lot is going on outside of us, inside of us, and through us. A lot. But the scripture said in Second Corinthians 4, 8 through 18. I'm not going to read all, this, all those scriptures, but let's just read a little bit of it. It says, we are troubled on every side. That's the truth. Yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. And that's weird. How can you be troubled on every side, yet not distressed? We are perplexed, but not in despair. Verse 9, persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus a persecution, uh, being persecuted for his name's sake, in other words, that the life also of Jesus, Yeshua, might be made manifest in our body. Or well, as we go through these things for his name's sake, just make us more and more know that we are part of him because he suffered. Verse 11, For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, or Yeshua's sake, I was just saying that, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We have the same spirit of faith, according it is written, I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Paul was talking about their state and the different things they was going through, but yet they was not torn and beat down. It's still relevant to us today. Although it was Apostle Paul was talking about them and those that he was mentoring and how they was beaten down in trouble, but yet, you know, the Father, it reminds me, that passage reminds me of our state in America. We, too, Apostle Paul, are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, yet not in despair. Persecuted some of us, but not forsaken. Cast down some of us, but not destroyed. Folks, many of us have suffered because of who we are, being uh, for Christ's sake. And then many of us have suffered because of who they know we are in terms of our bloodline, us being the true people of the book. A lot of so-called African Americans suffer for that. So for whatever reason we're suffering, we just know, some of us know, and many of us need to learn, if we don't know this, that we belong to the Most High. And if we submit to Him and trust Him, 
He hath promised to protect us. He hath promised to prepare a table for us. Psalms 23 again. Promised to protect us and literally create a table in the presence of our enemies. And we are definitely in the land of our enemies. I've been reluctant to say that. But this is definitely not our land. This is the land of our enemies. We are we are going through it in this land. We are going through it in this land. And the, and, and I think the good news is, and this is another thing I want to talk about, another table topic. The good news is, one good news, I have several good news, but one uh, set of good news is we are at the end, I believe, of our sentence or our what the scripture has promised would happen to the chosen, the people of the Most High. I believe, folks, this year, 2019, as the government of the United States have declared, it's been 400 years. Um, the scripture talks about Israel coming out after 400 years, and I just believe that our sentence this year is served. Now, some people think it's not going to... We're not going to be totally out front of the curse until December. I don't know what month it is. I'm not going to play like I'm expert here, but I do know we're at the final end, and we're living out these final days of this curse. And I think a lot of this white supremacy acting up is because I, I'm not going to say a lot of them even know what they're doing, but I think some of them know what they're doing. They are fearing. Uh, they, let me just put it like this. A lot of these people, all these things are going on in our, in our in our country and in the world, really, has to follow prophecy. You know, we're just little people that come on the earth and live until maybe 80 or 90 and we die. There are old prophecies, brothers and sisters, that have to be fulfilled no matter what happens on this planet. No matter what you're doing in your everyday process, you are kind of almost like pawns in the games. I don't like that term, but... There's some prophecies that has to be fulfilled. And that's what really we ought to be studying in the newspaper. We ought to be very familiar with these prophecies because every all of these world events is has to line up with prophecy. And the scripture says that in the latter days the Father would resurrect Israel. And I think resurrect means everybody's gonna know who she is at some point. But then he goes on further to say he's going to do a work with just a small portion of them because he knew most of them would be rebellious. And that's where we're at today. A lot of things we go through is because we're nothing more than Israelites. It's nothing more than Israelites. And I think, brothers and sisters, before it gets better, it's going to get worse for some of us because we don't turn to the most time. We don't follow his spirit, and we don't follow his protection he has sent, including angels. I think the angels, but the angels worked with the spirit. Spirit say, go here, go there. And as we go here, go there, the, the spirit know where the angelic protection is. And there's, I honestly believe this, folks. I honestly believe what I'm telling you. I think if we follow the spirit, it knows because the Father is in charge of all of this. The scripture says the angels are sent to this earth to be ministered to those that be heirs of salvation. I talked about that last week. And they're here on this earth to protect us. There's a place for us. There's a protective. There's, there's, there's a, what's the word I'm looking for? There is a shield. There is shelter. There is a place for us. I'm talking about in your everyday living. It, it could be not going here but going there. Not going on this day, going on that day. Not going to work today. There's all types of ways the Father can protect you from in and out of danger. Well, a lot of us are not going to have that relationship with him. 
and it's going to cost us our life. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. I think those that don't have no relationship with him is going to be even in more danger. It's one thing to not not hear the voice of the Father at all versus, you know, I mean, if you can hear it at all, you can. If, if, let me just show what I mean. Suppose you can't hear the Father clearly, and all you can hear is call brother so and so, call sister so and so who can hear, or go attend this church where there's a pastor man of the Father who can hear. You can't hear. If nothing else, you're around people that can hear. That could savage your life. That could put 10 years on your life by being around folks that's living right. Well, supposing you can't hear and none of your friends can hear, then you are going to be out of out of the arc of safety, as my mother used to call it. And I think a lot of those people, of our people, is going to die. These white supremacists are going to be victorious over, their, over them in terms of taking their life or making it hard for them. Don't mean that the believers, those that are listening, those that listen to those voices, don't mean that they're better than them. They just, it's protected. Folks, if you're in a war and you have a general that knows the area, knows everything about the area like the back of his hand, he can tell you how to get in out of danger, and you don't listen to the general, how are you going to be protected in that war? If he knows where the fire is at, the, 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 where the enemy is firing his weapons, and he knows how to protect you, how are you going to... I mean, you have more of a chance with this general than you do on your own. You understand what I'm saying? So tonight, tonight, tonight on Five Smooth Stone Network, again, we're just talking about, again, these white supremacists, they are just coming out of the woodwork, and CNN had to do a special on them. And, I mean, it's very alarming, the things that were said. But I also want to applaud the uh, the, the young man, the anchor, um, uh, Farid, uh, Zakaria, I think I'm pronouncing his name right, uh, that uh, also had on some scholars to break down that whole uh, lie about whites being superior and how there's no such thing as a white uh, race based on color. He had some serious folks on there. I'm telling you, that was a good show. Y'all better check it out. Go on, uh, go on YouTube. It's probably going to be on there after a while. After a while, they put some parts of it on there. Um, but uh, look on your DVR if you can, like I can. You can uh, fish out a program by the title. It's called The State of Hate. And uh, listen to it, brothers and sisters. You can you really get some knowledge. Again, why, why, why you say, why would I do that? Why should you do that? Because it'll make you aware of your surroundings. I think a lot of us, if we see these things and we know these kind of things, I think it's going to draw us close to the most high and have us to call on the Father more and not be so walking around here, um, you know, um, just loose and loosey goose and feeling like we can trust all these the, uh, anybody, you know, because uh, um, as I said earlier in the show, white supremacy is not just in the minds of our brothers and sisters that are white, but in some of our minds and some of the death and destruction is coming from our own people. So anyway, let's. Just, I want to take a little, another little short break, but Seth is just kind of going solo tonight. I'm enjoying this actually because I'm able to get a lot and go a little bit faster than I want to. But I got some other things I want to talk about. Uh, some other table topics, and we'll be right. We'll be right back, folks. I gotta take a little break here. That's the beauty. Uh, that's one thing about when you when you uh, when you work these shows by yourself. You have to uh, uh, 
you can't take a break like you want. Like when a brother, when the different brothers are talking, I can kind of go do stuff and come back to the line. Y'all don't even know it. But when it's just yourself, you have to take this little break. So let me just take a little break. I played this song last week. It's called Glory. And it's a powerful song. It's a very powerful song. Uh, check out the lyrics. Listen to the lyrics. And be encouraged by this song because truly, um, black folks, so-called black, so-called African-Americans, there is a glorious future for some of us. There really, truly is. And, I mean, it's worth living for. It's worth looking unto. It's worth getting excited over. The Most High is about to do something with his people. If, if everybody and their mama been saying it, all the prophets have said it, it's, and, it's, and more importantly, the Scripture says it, we are going to rise. A, a remnant of us is going to do very well in this in this country, and uh, many of us will leave this country and go on to do better things outside of this country. But not all of the African Americans is going to live their lives and die and just suffer, and, and it's not true. And then those that are not a part of this remnant, some of them are not just going to die, but they, they, they are going to see some glorious times. Again, one more time. This song we're about to play by John Legend, the name of it is called Glory. It's talking about that the time when we rise as a people. It's already starting to happen, folks. You're seeing how we're getting a hold of money. But again, I don't want to, I don't any, anyone anyway, and I probably shouldn't even say what I just said because the rise of us is not going to be a, just a financial thing. Because if it is, we are going to be in even worse trouble than we are now. The worst thing you can do to African Americans now is hand all of us a million dollars. We will make those oppressors above us, uh, over us, financially speaking, even more wealthier. We put ourselves in a deeper hole. But so this this song, I want to play it as I take this little break, is to remind everybody that there is a glorious time that's coming where we're going to walk with our Creator, going to walk with our Messiah, going to walk with in, in health, in better health, because a lot of our young people is eating around, watching, loving, seeing all these young people carry these big gallons around, people doing on my job, my daughter does it, Watch, I'm watching young people uh, uh, very carefully uh, uh, examine the scriptures, and, uh, and again, Hebrew Israelites is a fastest-growing spiritual movement in America, quietly put, and so... There's glory coming for the so-called African-American. It really, truly is. So just enjoy this. We'll be right back, folks. Again, you've been listening to the Fossils on Network. I'm Brother Seth. It's coming. It's just my computer is running a little slow. Again, those of you on the phone line, press 1. When we come back from the break, if you have any questions or comments. Again, this is taking us time here. Just a little short break we'll take here. This happened last time I tried to play this song. Let's try it again here. Hope y'all are enjoying this as much as I am. Well, I guess this thing is, um, let me do something here. Let's do this. And I apologize for this delay here, but let's try it again. Here we go. 
There we go. What is going on here? I really got to take a break now because my computer's not working. So let me just, I'll just talk through this little maintenance issue here because there's so much to cover. Again, if you're on the phone lines and you have a question or comment, go ahead and press 1. Now be an excellent time to bring in. I can answer your question before we go on this break, actually. If you're in the chat room, uh, again, um, if you have a question or comment, you as well can ask that question and make the comment. And I'll read it over the um, waves here. I just need you to put... Um, um, question marks before and after your comment so it'll kind of stand out. Okay, let's see if we can do it now. You know, every once in a while I'll cover these topics and then because of his really hidden white supremacy out of all the topics, and many of you notice if you've been listening to Fosmus on there any length of time, you know Brother Seth always have issues like this with his board whenever he talk about white supremacy. So I don't know that I can say that it's um, blog talk radio. Sometimes blog talk is doing everything they can. It's just listeners that don't appreciate what I'm saying. And they're the ones that go into these, uh, you know, these little nerdy people and they think it's cute to, uh, so I don't know if that's what's happening or not, but we're going to still take this little short break. And again, I, um, see if we can get this working now. Okay, let's try one more time. One day, there we go. When the glory comes, it will be out. It will be out. Oh, one day when the war is won, we will be sure. We will be sure. Oh, glory. the heavens, no man, no weapon, formed against, yes, glory is destined, everyday women and men become legends, sins that go against our skin become blessings, the movement is a rhythm to us, freedom is like religion to us, justice is juxtaposition in us, justice for all just ain't specific enough, one son died, the spirit is revisiting us, true and living, living in us, resistance is us. That's why Rosa sat on the bus. That's why we walked through Ferguson with our hands up. When it goes down, we woman and man up. They say stay down and we stand up. Shots be on the ground. The camera panned up. King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up. One day when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be.
every man, woman, and child. Even Jesus got his crown in front of a crowd. They march with the torch, we gon' run with it now. Never look back, we done gone hundreds of miles. From dark roads, heroes, to become a hero. Facing the league of justice, his power was the people. Enemy is lethal, a king became regal. Saw the face of Jim Crow under a bald ego. No one can win the war individually. It takes the wisdom of the elders and young people's energy. Welcome to the story we call victory. The coming of the Lord, my eyes have seen the glory. One day, when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be out. Oh, so. Those prophecies 
are going to be fulfilled no matter what. No matter what happened to this planet, Israel or those prophecies are going to be fulfilled. We're just like, I don't like the term pawns in the game, but I can't think of no other phrase that really can, can say it like pawns in the game. We're like evolving around our lives and life events, a lot of even wars and pop international policy, racism, sexism, classism, all these isms even have its parts to play in this humongous, uh, um, what's the word, production, almost. I mean, I hate to trivialize it, but it's like, it's kind of like a production. And the main characters is Israel. Folks, listen, the Bible says that Israel will be restored. Ezekiel 37 talks about the whole house of Israel being restored. But then it talks about a remnant. I believe the restoration of Israel is going to be when Israel become household name. The world is going to know who she is or who Israel is soon. And thanks to the Internet, it's both a double-edged sword. It's a curse and a blessing at the same time. But the Internet has expedited this message. And now Israeli teens and Israeli young people is backing down to this 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 pride in being a Jew or Hebrew or Israelite because they're getting mopped, the floor mopped with them, with the people, these young people that they're dialoguing with that are coming out with scriptures and saying you cannot be. It's impossible for you to be the people of the Bible. They're not bouncing back. you got to see it. That's why you never see no debates on the Internet, because they will get mopped up. Well, who are the Jews then? So here we find ourselves in America. These people have just taken our lives, and we're going through the same thing those Israelites went through, as they said about the Israelites, come and let us deal wisely with them and cut them off from being a people, lest they gather themselves together and team up against our oppressors, our, our, excuse me, our neighbors, unless this group mighty people, the powers that be in America says, come, let us deal wisely with them, just like our forefathers went through, come, let us deal wisely with them and cut them off from being a people. And that is what's happening. Remember, Israel is to repeat. And I know I say some of this stuff every week. Let me just say this, because this is in the back of my mind. Some of y'all have complained uh, some of you, not all of you, most of you just enjoy these shows since 2011, but some of these new listeners, newcomers, and since some even new co-hosts have said, well, you repetition, you say stuff all the time, over and over and over, and it's because people don't understand it. When I know it's com- not, uh, common household knowledge and people got to clear understanding, it's some of people misunderstanding what we're talking about. They still think we're preaching hate. They still think we're preaching against the white man. They, they don't understand what, what Brother Seth been saying all this time. I've been on the, on, the, uh, on, the, uh, on blog talk. So that's one reason I repeat myself. So I just want to make it clear that we, as a nation of people, will become household knowledge. It will become now household knowledge that we are the people of that book across the world, across this planet is going to know who the African American is and all the other uh, 12 tribes. It's already happening. What's going to be already happening? And then a remnant of this, of this African American is going to be salvaged. Someone has a hand up or a comment. I want to go ahead and bring them on the line. I don't. I just was not. I was kind of away from the computer to be honest. I didn't know how long this hand been up. But let's go to the phone lines. Uh, 
and just see what the question or comment is uh, for uh, all of us. Um, Eric code six seven eight five five nine. What I like for you to do is give us your city and your name, please, and you can go here right now with your question or comment. Ellie Shure, I've been waiting exactly 40 minutes. You didn't see me there. <laughs> no, you haven't been waiting 40 minutes. Yep, I called in at exactly 9 o'clock, it's 9.39. I don't know what to say about that one. You mustn't have your hand up because, I mean, folks, just bear with us here, because I did, I did reboot my computer, and literally there was no hands up. I'm telling you, but it won't. I, I wouldn't put it past. I'm not doubting you. I wouldn't put it back because I've had some people to tell me that, and I know that they weren't lying. I don't think you're lying. But anyway, go ahead with your question or comment. I would love to know what you've been holding with for 40 minutes, brother, because, again, I've been doing this solo, everybody, and y'all know I love to have on guests, so there's no way in the world I would have you of all people holding like that. But go ahead, brother, and let them know who you are in your city. Uh, my name is Ellis Shewitt. Uh Ellison, uh called the show a number of times, been a co-host of the show, uh, a couple of times with Brother Seth uh, from uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. Um, and if you needed to uh, contact me in any form or any way, you could uh, always reach out to me on Facebook under that name, E-L-Y-S-H-U-A-H Ellison, L-A-S-U-A Ellison. Um, my comment was in regard to, I guess I would say, the status, the condition that we're living right now uh, in America, um, especially in regards to this issue of um, hold on, Ellis, Ellis, hold on one second, please. There's okay. some noise in your background. You gotta. I mean, I promise. When you play it back, you'll hear it. Well, go ahead. Um, hold on a second, because I, I know everything is closed. Everything is off. No, uh, I heard somebody talking. Anyway. I heard somebody talking. So as well, I'm saying, is that when my um. I was listening to the, the the thing in regard to uh, white people, and the thing is, is that it just occurred to me today. Uh, I was thinking along these same lines, and it just occurred to me: white people are an endangered species. Their numbers are diminishing drastically and dramatically. Uh, they are not reproducing at the same rate in which they are dying which is why come now they have taken a nationwide ban on abortion. They didn't seem to be concerned about abortion when black women were having a million abortions a year. But now since the most recent report that states that they are not reproducing at the same rate in which they are dying, all of a sudden now they're concerned about abortion. And the reason why is is because they are desperate. They are desperate not only in terms that they're seeing their numbers diminish, but they are desperate also in terms of seeing their importance, their significance, and their rulership in this nation diminish. They realize that for the most part, the nation is rebelling against the white male rule that has existed in this nation for almost 300 years. And the white woman is rebelling. The black woman is rebelling. The black man is rebelling. Minorities are rebelling. And so they kind of feel like it's them against the world. And in reality, it is them against the world. And But the words that I recall in my head, the words of a, a very popular minister by the name of Louis Farrakhan, I, I can hear him saying it in my ear right now. And basically that is, is that black people, 
white people's world is coming to an end, but they are not going to give up without a fight. And ultimately, they would win that fight in regards to human beings, but they will fail, and that's where in the hope lies because the Most High is going to reign supreme. This is a fight that he is not going to rely upon the will and the ability and the ingenuity of man to fight. Nope. He's going to step up off the throne, come down, and fight it himself. So the reality is we win in the end. The fact is is that we're so, mm, you know, immediate gratification-oriented because of the society we live in. I mean, our moral code is the land of the free, you know, the um, the pursuit of righteousness and then the pursuit of happiness. I don't see how the pursuit of happiness could be some type of um, <laughs> governmental standard, but that has thrown us and made us proclivity to the fact that we don't seem to have vision for any generation beyond ours. So as a result, we're not willing to make any sacrifices for anything that goes beyond our lifetime. Um part of the pushback from not, uh, of people refusing to acknowledge who we are as a people, as Israel, because the church right now, for the most part, is governed by senior citizens, and they refuse to let go of the reign. Not understanding that if you do not make the transition, your heritage will be diminished, and you will have no lineage. You will have nothing to leave on. Because believe me, this is a real all-out war, and part of the reason is, is that everybody wants to be comfortable because they want it to be peace-peace. Well, the reality is the warrior is never really comfortable in peacetime. A soldier always prepares and lives for war. Well, we're in a war, and it's a war for the very soul of us and for the soul of our future as a people. As far as this nation is concerned, the mistake is that we are investing too much stock in trying to salvage and maintain that which the Most High has decreed that he is going to destroy. So we need to be more concerned about what is his will, what's his purpose, and what is the priority of the kingdom. And you stated it. We're 400 years. This is the, came here in Jamestown 1619. We're in the year 2019. The fact of the matter of fact is that our captivity has concluded, but the slaves don't know that they are free yet. So we're going to go through a process of people being woke up and that remnant that you're talking about, you're talking about reparations. Why come they couldn't come through reparations? Uh, did not the Most High use a legal, practical, physical means when the children of Israel came out of Egypt in captivity? It says that the Israelites, that the Hebrews, for the Egyptians. Well, when you read in the scriptures, according to the promise of prophecy, it says that we will leave with much substance. I was reading the scripture today where it says 10 men should take a hold to an Israelite and say, please, please take me with you. Because what's going to happen with the fact, yeah. so what's happening with the fact of what's happening with these young Israelis is that they are seeing the injustice that these people are constantly committing, that their government is kidding in against Palestinians, and even that in and of itself is a prophetic fulfillment of the book of Obadiah, because basically they have banked them in. They cannot get anything in, and they cannot get anything out. So basically they are now left basically just to vanish, to, 
to just sit there and diminish, and that is their intent. That's their goal. Well, that's actually spoken of in prophecy. So the reality is, is that these young people are fighting against the system, and the system is trying to fight back, and people are becoming more conscious and aware of what's taking place. So those of us who used to be perceived as conspiracy theories, now all of a sudden, people are beginning to see beyond the veil, and they're saying, wait a minute. Maybe there is something to what these people are saying. Okay, so well, hold on, hold on, I am so glad to hear you on this line. You don't even know. and you, You come at an angle I didn't even think of. Repar- I, I did say last week, folks, that reparation could be a very reality. Why not? I said the exact same thing you said, but I just like the various angles you just took. But listen, we got a hand that went up when you was talking, so somebody may have issues or want to agree with something you're saying. Can I go to this caller and then we'll, you can finish? Please do, by all means. All right, let's go to air code 718. Look like a New York number. Uh, let's see, 718506. Okay, go ahead with your question or comment, and I'd like to know your name, please. All right, my name is uh, Jonathan, and I'm calling from Fort Worth. Okay, Jonathan, go ahead for from Fort Worth, Texas, uh, with your question or comment. All right, well, uh, there was a couple of things that I wanted to really hit really quick. It's more it's more like questions. Uh there was there was something that she was saying about um the nation of Israel basically uh coming again, being reestablished. And I just wanted to know is that more of a conscious thing, uh a spiritual thing, or are you talking about more like uh a nation in the physical form of them being their own state, having their own political power, their own wealth, like what do you mean by that? What I mean by that, Jonathan, and again thank you for calling. Uh anybody else on the phone lines have a question, comment, go ahead and press one now be a wonderful time while I look at the boards. I believe, with every fiber of my being, that the young Israeli kids is backing down to Israeli pride because of the revelation. The internet is kicking their butt. They are running scared from these young black people, young black uh, scholars out there. They're mopping the floor with them, and even with the adults. So it's kind of hard to stay ruling over a country when everybody's making fun of you, saying you're not the real Jews. I remember when we was in Israel, real quick, and then I want to know what Brother Shu got to say. We was in Israel, and we was going up on the church, uh, church of the Holy Sepulchre, and uh, it was about. 60 strong, and, and a lot of our brothers and sisters were the whole Hebrew, Israelite back, they dressed like our forefathers did back in the day, you know, versus wearing Western clothing. I, I don't, but out there I was with them anyway. So we're going into the, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre where the slab is and where the cross is and all this stuff, and this Palestinian soldier was there, and Palestinians do not say shalom. They, that's against their religion. They don't say it because they don't acknowledge Israel. They don't want no part of no Hebrew. But they saw us. He saw us and he yelled us out. I'll never forget it. Shalom! Every, he said it so loud. All the tourists from all over the world, everybody heard him. He said, Shalom to the real Israelites. Okay, you got that kind of stuff going on all the time in Israel. When I was leaving, a young white Israeli girl saw me and she kept staring at me and I kept I said, Why is that little that young girl staring at me? So I 
proceeded, she want, I, I, I assume she wanted to talk. There was a free computer where you can use the Internet for free right by her. So I used it as an alibi. We're going to go over here and get on this computer, and I'm going to allow this girl because I know she wants to say something, and I'm dying to know what she wants to say to me. It, was a, it wasn't a flirty look. It was a look of a curiosity kind of a look. So I went to this computer, I started banging on it, you know, like I'm looking for it, which I, I think I probably did look at my flight information or something. She said, so, where are you from? And I said, oh, I'm from the state. She said, you here with the people in Demona? See, they know every, every May 20th, around the 20th, we flood the airport. Make the long story short, she was asking me about our belief. She said, what do y'all believe? I said, we believe we are the Israelites. We just come home to, you know, we just come home every year. And now, you got to know what, what you're saying to this Israeli girl when you say, I'm coming home. No, she feels like that's her home. But you should have saw how she looked at me. She didn't get upset. She didn't try to. And she said, well, how do you feel about Jesus? She said that. She wanted to know if we believed in Jesus. So what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say I just gave you two encounters. I can give you more for times that I want. Jonathan, or John, uh, Jonathan, <laughs> I promise you, these people, and everybody know you from previously calling, so I can call you Jonathan, but I promise you, these Israelis will not be in that land long. I believe it's gonna something bad is gonna happen. Those people are gonna come against them. They're gonna slowly start to leave. Slowly start to leave. We are five thousand strong there from the states. The uh, uh, Chinese, which is non-white Jews, have come. Also, there's something called the Ethiopian Jews. They're there. At some point, it's gonna be a standoff. And it's going to be embarrassed. It's going to be—they're going to be the laughing stock of the world. They already are. Not, no disrespect to these people. I'm not. I'm, a, I'm preaching love here. But how can you rule when the world is saying you're not to be for the book? You have to be for the book. There's one video. The last thing I'm saying. There's one video of this guy saying is he's actually a so-called Jew. He's saying this on a video on YouTube. I've been a part of this lie. And I tell you, you black people, you, this is your land. And I, I, I hope God forgive me for the time I put here. You black people, you do God. Do. He said he needs you here. This is your land. This is not the land of the Jew. I was a part of the whole Russian thing. He says this. This dude sitting up there. So you got a lot of this going on. And don't forget the, the, the movements by some Jews that say they're against Zionists. So all of this says... There's going to be a changing of the guard in Israel, and those blacks that want to stay here, there's going to be millions that will. They're just going to face more oppression, but it won't be the same kind of oppression that we faced before here. I don't think I would love to know your take on this, because if the Bible says we're at the end of our, our punishment, 2019, I think the Father lets up in terms of him being behind them. But I do think whites are going to try to do their own type of punishment because they want their country back. But the Father is no more sanctioning them to do what he wanted them to do as he called them his nation and all that. The sentence is over. He calls off his dogs, and I think whites will become not like Samson superpower where they become a regular man and these black people and them are just going to get at it they're going to just go at it like and they, they won't have the super strength or the father sanctioning them anymore is what I'm trying to say and so that means that there will still be calamity in America I don't think like it has been but 
a remnant of us is making no qualms about it's going to go to that nation of Israel and from all four corners, and I do believe that. Did I answer your question? Uh, Sorter, uh, and I was going to question. So you, so you, I'm sorry. Hold on, let me see what he said. Then you, then you come in, brother Ellis. Go ahead, and then I'll yeah, clean it up. It, it, I just want. So you, you do believe that it, it also means the uh, reestablishment of Israel means a state, a physical state, for, for Israelites. Absolutely. Okay, I, I, I just didn't want to. I didn't know if we were falling into the same type of uh, era where back in Jesus' time where they were trying to grab Jesus and make him into their king because they wanted to reestablish the state of Israel. And they were using scripture about, like, the seed of David would reestablish the kingdom. And so they were so, so basically focused on a physical kingdom when Christ came to establish a spiritual one. And to reawaken people's minds to the fact of who they were in both. relationship with the with the Most High. So I just want to make I believe sure we're both. I'm not gonna be like a full parent. Okay. Okay. All right. I I, I I'm not sure. but I, I I just want you to know I I believe both. I believe both. Okay. I do believe okay. both. And uh, Ella Shook, any any words on that before the brother Lee? Well, well. Um, to his question, to his initial question is, I can only tell you what the word clearly clearly reveals, and that is this. If you read the prophecies of Ezekiel, this is the, the, the this is kind of like the blueprint of what we're looking at. Is that first of all, and you look at the US, um, believe it or not, there are people right now in the United States of America who identify who identify themselves as Hebrew Israelites. And that they believe, as well as I do, that they are the descendants of the original 12 tribes of Israel that existed in biblical times. Not talking about any modern-day Jewry, European Jewry, but the original biological descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, these people are some of the most well-versed people that I know in Scripture. However, I've noticed something about them. They are as addicted to America as any sinner. And they are not leaving this country unless they are pushed out. And that's why can we read in the 30th chapter of the book of Isaiah, it says this. There's a time in the scripture referred to as Jacob's trouble. And it was said that there's a time of trouble unlike any. Now, you have to consider that. We have been through, we have been through 260 years of chattel slavery where we were treated less than human beings and many times less than animals. Okay. You have to consider what we experienced at the, at, at the time at the destruction of the temple in 70 AD when we were pushed out of Israel. Literally, you could travel down the highways of Jerusalem and see us hanging on trees. Actually, that's where lynching came from, in case you didn't know that. So when you read about a time of trouble that is unlike anything that we have experienced, that means that we're talking about a very intense time of hardship, and that's going to happen. All the signs are pointing to it. Things are being created. That's why I come this kicking back. Like I said, the white man realized he's losing his rule. He's desperate now, so he's taking desperate measures to maintain the rule that he has, and at the same time, these people are waking up and realizing, wait a minute, we are the people of the book, 
And then you Hold got on a second, people. Michelle. Let me just remind everybody real quick. There's 60 seconds. You got to call the phone line. Those of you that clicked on the link, you listen to the show, but you clicked on the link. You didn't call the phone number. You listen to the show, but you clicked on the link. You must call the phone number, or you're gonna be disconnected. That's 914 We're gonna about to wrap the show up in about 10 minutes. But so we're gonna go all over, all right? You must be on the phone line though. Go ahead. Those of you on the phone lines, don't move. Go ahead. Okay. Go. So again, so you got the stress. So what we're looking at is a major, major. I mean, I'm not talking anything of little small proportions. We're looking at a major conflict in this nation that is going to be oriented in the conflict of race. Race is the very thing and the only thing that America has yet been able to resolve in over 300 years. And it is going to come to a head in that. Now, about may Israel. I, may, I, may, I, may I interject? May I interject? Sure, sure. Okay, so we, so we based on the scriptures, we're going, we are, uh, we're out of, uh, we're out of the uh, curse, we're out of the curses this year. I'm sorry, repeat that. I didn't hear that, that quote. Say it again, please. Uh, to 2019, that means that all the curses have been fulfilled, right? So we're we're out of the curses, right? This year? Either this year or? No, 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 no. We're out of the curses. We're still under the curses. Here's, here's the thing. The, the curses, and remember this. He said there's only way to come out from under the curses. And the only way to come out from under the curses is that you return back to his law. The only way we as the only way we as a people remember this, you have to be in order to understand what you would call cultural events unfolding, you have to be a, a, a study of history. And what we looked at, why come we don't have any cohesiveness as a people? Why come we don't have the same cohesiveness that they had in the civil rights movement? Why we didn't have the same cohesiveness that they had when they were in Jim Crow? Why we don't have the same cohesiveness that brought us out of slavery? It's because we're not suffering like that. See, suffering is what brings cohesive and unification because now we have a problem, a common problem, and a common enemy, and we feel like we have, come, we have to come to a common solution. So as a result, that is what's going to push people to begin to, re, uh, to get fall on their face, in a sense, to repent, as John the Baptist said, bring these fruits meet for repentance, and people are going to turn, those who are the elect are going to turn their hearts Back to the Most High and begin to follow His will. Begin to follow His hey, word. Brother Elisha, I think what he's, Brother Elisha, I think he's referring to the scripture that says, "When it's two ways Israel going to be delivered." The Bible talks about four hundred years. You're going go to go to captivity. You're going to come out. And a lot of people believe this is the 400 years and that in Israel, back in Egypt, that wasn't 400 years. A lot of people think it's the 400 years, but it don't matter which side of thought, which side of the argument you're on. The bottom line is the Father just never just constantly opposes people, be behind, send the people from the north and just constantly keep pushing them, pushing them on us, pushing them on us, pushing them on us. He always push them, pushes, pushes them on us, Syrians, Egyptians, Babylonians, and then he let up. He said when the heathen begin to boast and say, aha, look what I've done, he will then have mercy on his people. And I know we're at that point. If we, if that's not what, how he's going to deliver us, then we've been here 400 years. That is another thing. So that, I think that's where the brother's coming from. Yes, yes, yes. That's what I'm, uh, that's what I'm uh, hinting towards because I want to know 
if if that's the the mindset or if that's what Scripture is saying, then I just wanted to to be clear uh, as far as so okay that that rulership of that people that were had the backing of the Most High, the people from the north, okay that I hear oftentimes on the show. Uh, so if they're done and God's not backing them anymore, I'm also hearing Brother Elisir saying that okay, but we're still going to go through something we've never gone through before. So now I have to ask, like, well, then are they done? Because if we're about to go through even more, now that their power is done and we're still about to go through suffering that we ain't never even seen since slavery, so it's like, okay, like, okay, so what are we talking about now then? So are they done if we're still about to go through that? That's well, I'm gonna answer. I'm gonna answer, and since I just answered, I'm gonna answer the last, and I'm gonna give him the bulk of it. I'm gonna say it within two minutes, and he can take up the five minutes he wants. I'll let him just kind of run with this because we don't have to wrap it up in ten minutes if he wants. I'll let him call the shots. I believe in every fiber of my being, according to my research, Brother LSU and I disagree on several things. This could be one of them. I believe that the Father will back his hand off. I don't see in the scripture where he just constantly presses his it's just, I just think when he take his hands off the people of the north, he's a, when he's anointing them, they're going to beat down everybody. The Bible says no nation is going to survive when these people come. Joel 2. Uh, he's, all the Bible, uh, the, the, it, all, like all the books talk about these people. Nobody's going to survive, but they're not just going to rule forever. At some point, he's going to raise his hand back, and they're going to be like regular men. And they're probably still going to be trying to do us in, but they won't have the... Most high back, and they be getting in trouble with the law. They be going to jail more often, become more often. See, at first they was doing stuff to us, and wouldn't happen to, to them. But now they're going to jail more. It's gonna. I think after, and I don't. I'm not gonna say this year because we're 400. It may be December. Maybe we don't know they'll mess with these calendars, so we don't know it could be December. I, I don't know. I don't know about the Hebrew calendar versus this calendar. I don't know. But I do know this: with the final states of the white man rule, as he have been ruling now, Elishua. I don't know about this being worse than it ever was. And I, I just think a remnant is going to be salvaged because this heathen is definitely saying they're in our hands. And the Father says he's going to get jealous over that and it's going to redeem a remnant. But that rest of the Israelites, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. But I just can't, according to prophecy and, and how things repeat, 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 no nation is supposed to rule forever. Ella sure. Okay, uh, let me just read this right here. I'm reading out of Jeremiah chapter 30. I'm going to begin with the fourth verse. It says, And these are the words of the Lord that spoke unto Israel and concerning Judah. For thus saith the Most High, We have heard of a voice of trembling and not of peace. Now, please hear exactly the words, because each, there's no word in this that's, that's idly spoken. For thus says, We have heard of a voice of trembling and not of fear and not of peace. Ask you now and see whether a man does prevail with child. Of course, the answer is no. So wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman in travail, and all faces are turned into paleness? Alas, for the day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. And the children of Jonathan, it says that it's yeah. the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. Now, let's continue the reading because you're going to see 
the events that's going to take place, and they're going to coincide with Jacob being saved out of this trouble. Okay, says, so which shall come to pass in that day, says the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off thy neck, and will burst thy bonds, and strangers shall no more serve themselves of him. Speaking of Israel. But they shall serve the Lord their Elohim and David their king, whom I will raise up unto them. Therefore fear thou, O now, my servant Jacob, saith the Lord, now to be dismayed, O Israel, for lo, I will save thee from afar. Like I said, no word idly spoken. He is not saying, I'm going to save you while you're in the land of Israel. And by the way, the prophecies that Seth was speaking of in the book of Joel, those speak to events that happen not from afar, but those speak to events that happen in the actual city of Jerusalem. Now, let me continue here. I'm in verse 10. Therefore, fear not, for my servant Jacob saith the Lord, not to be dismayed, O Israel, for I will save thee from afar, and thy seed from the land of their captivity. And Jacob shall return, and shall be in rest, and be quiet, and none shall make him afraid. For I am with thee, saith the Lord, to save thee, though I make a full end of all nations, whether I have shattered thee, scattered thee. Yet I will not make a full end of thee, but I will correct thee in measure, and will not leave thee altogether unpunished. So, Continue to reading the chapter and you, you know, yourself when you when you get off the line or whatever, and read that chapter, and you'll see that things will become more and more clear. And what we have to understand is that our return to the promised land and us living peace, peace and safety will coincide with the judgments of the nation and also with the return of Christ. Because you have to remember that when some of these people begin to leave the land, because we're going to coexist there with those Ashkenazis who are in the land. That's why Kamen says that they're going to build a temple. And it says that people, and it says that the Antichrist is going to set himself in that temple, showing himself to be God as if though he is God. And unfortunately, a lot of Christians are going to become subject to that deception. So the fact of the matter is, is that they're going to be in the land, and it talks about that that's not going to conclude until the Messiah comes. But in Ezekiel 38, it says this. It says that after they have left the land and left us to the land, it says this thought is going to come into their mind. And they're going to come back after us. And that, my friend, is going to be the war of Armageddon. So we're going to live there in peace and safety, but it's only going to be for a short period of time. Because they're not going to give up a whole nation. I don't care if every Israeli on the land, because you have to understand that the people who actually govern and run and own Israel don't live in Israel. Okay, okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Brother Seth? Uh, Brother Johnson, Brother Johnson. Yes. yes. Uh, thank you for tuning in. I was simply talking, talking, talking. Uh, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate. It. I know you got to go, but uh, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate the questions and the comments. Yeah, there was there was something real quick uh, that I hope you could touch on. I, I'll still be listening, but I won't be able to talk. Um, there was something he was saying about um, the the reproducing and uh, the numbers of a particular group of people and how. 
because they wasn't able to reproduce, he felt that that was a, a reason why that um, they were nationwide nationwide ban on abortion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my thing is, I know we always talk about uh, white supremacy and everything, and I'm curious to know that if we really believe that the numbers matter in the sense of them being able to reproduce, because if it's a philosophy and they get other nations to buy into that philosophy, they can just use them as the weapon and the tool to get their agenda accomplished. No, that's what, bro- that's, what brother Seth, that's what Brother Seth said. That's the problem. That's the problem that they have now encountered. Other nations are rebelling against the philosophy of white supremacy. That's why they're being kicked out of almost every indigenous nation that they have come and rule over. That's why they're kicking them out of South Africa. They're kicking them out of, out of Ghana, out of Nigeria, because these people are rebelling against the rule of white supremacy. And that's why we're about to have a serious clash. Yep, yep, yep. Well, Brother Johnson, I know you got to go. I don't want to keep you on the phone, okay? But appreciate okay. your input, right. brother. All right, he's going to keep listening. That's Brother Johnson. I know he's running off to work. Well, listen, uh, uh, I just want to say this. I know you're still listening, yeah. Brother Johnson. Uh, and and, and, and uh, I just want to say this really quickly. Remember, Brother Lashir, when you talk about Armageddon and when they come after us and we do go to Israel, remember, you said that's the, that's the Armageddon. Remember what happens in Armageddon, though. Those that come out to Israel loses. So again, we, the remnant, are saved and is in a place of peace. Yes, they did come after us, but the Most High is going to redeem us. And a lot of people might not like how that sounds, or definitely ain't going that they're going to come after us like that. But folks, remember, the Most High is going to take care of us. We won't have the smell of smoke on our garments. He's going to take care of us, that remnant. But there is the bulk of Israel that will not leave, and I do think they're going to be going through some things still in this country. But again, that that, that anointing on the people from the north to rule will have lifted. And that's a different kind of white man you'll be dealing with. He might be angry, he might be this, he might be that. But if the Father does not have that thing upon us where we're sleepy, where we can't, you know, trust me. If that curse is not operating on us and on them, uh, the, 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 the uh, strength on them and the curse on us is a different kind of warfare. So, LSU and I might differ on this. Y'all have to go do your own research. I know Joel too talks about when the Father sent the Holy Spirit to the earth at the same time there was a wicked nation coming, and he said there will not be another nation like this for many generations. Well, we are the many generations later. That wicked nation is upon us. Read Joel too to find out what he would do to that people. They're destroyed, folks. So whites is the truth. They're not lying. They are. They will not rule as whites. Very long because of this DNA thing, this this whole white skin. They'll rule with something else possibly, but not as you know. It'll be a different type of oppression. It's always going to be a oppression for those that don't obey the, obey the Father. Don't care what color you are. If you're not obedient to the Father, it's always going to be oppression. But all I'm trying to let everybody know is those of you that is serious with the Father and obedient and listen to the Spirit. It's great news for you. I got another hand that just went up. Uh, Brother Johnson, if you could, press one so your hand can go down, but then I have another hand that went up. So let's go to the private caller. They don't have a number. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and open the phone line. If you could give us your name. Well, you're a private caller, so you probably don't have a name. Give us any name you want us to call you, and what city, if you want to give that out, you're calling from. 
Okay, you the line is open. Okay, the call. The caller, go ahead with your comment. Hello. Hello. That's Sister Janine's left thing. Sister who? It sounds like Sister Geneva. Hold on, oh, that's funny. Hold on one second. There's someone that's a private caller. I don't have a one tonight. Normally I have a, you know, more than one. If you are a private caller and you listen to the show tonight, you press one. You look like your hand is up. I'm going to open up your phone line. If you can just let us know uh, what you want us to know or ask your question, please. Here we go. Your line is now open. Is the private caller there? Someone had to hand up private caller. Go right here quickly. Go on once, go on twice. Okay, they scared. All right, LSU, go ahead and finish. But uh, I think Jonathan had a very important point. Once the father, we've been here for 400 years. What is going to happen to those that are disobedient? If, the, if, if Again, the father is not going to stay, continue to sanction these people from the north to rule. He's just not going to do it. It's just not the Bible. It don't say they're going to, he's going to, it, it's a certain time we're supposed to go through the curses. And then he resurrects. Remember, in, in Ezekiel 37, it talks about the whole house being restored. And Sister Eliana, and I'm not trying to show all of our dissensions here, but uh, uh, divisions here, but she believes that all Israel will be saved. I don't believe all Israel will be saved because all Israel ain't choosing the Father. The Father ain't never cho- I know we, our bloodline is holy in terms of being the chosen, but I've never, the Father have judged Israel because of their rebellion. So I can't see him all of a sudden blessing this rebellious group of people. I know in Egypt, all that of That means every tribe. That means every tribe. What she's reading from, and I can see how many times, because I used to be of the same conviction until I studied, and I was like, wait a minute, Paul, how can you say all Israel should be saved when most of your letters, basically, you know, if people didn't know any better, they would think you're an enemy of Israel because you're always denouncing them. So how can you come conclude that all Israel should be saved? And what it's simply saying is that all 12, the 12 tribes will be saved. Does that mean every Israelite will not be saved? No, because the scriptures clearly speak of it. What you're talking about, what takes place in the book of Joel, is actually the last final judgment, because these people are going to come after us, and the only way you're going to know what a place of safety is, is that you're going to have to be born again, because the only where you're going to get it coded, it's going to be downloaded from the Holy Spirit. And so if you don't get that download, you ain't going to know where to flee to. And the scriptures are very clear about that. So, no, all, all every Israelite will not be saved, but every tribe will be saved. That's for certain. So, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, and Israel be what will be saved. In that. And that could be what it means. Because we got to be uniform. we got to we got to study this thing and pound this thing out to where we can be, because people are listening, not that they want to be rebellious, but, you know, sometimes people just want to plan, and they just want to, they might want to not go to Israel, especially if all the nations going to come against them in Israel. Oh, my God, I'm not going. I'll stay here. Never mind. I got all my cousins and everything. It's not going to make sense. No, 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 no. No, no, no. But the thing about that is that they're misperceiving the transition to Israel. When we go to Israel, put it like this here. 
You heard the scripture say this. This scripture is full of it. Ten strangers should gag, dab a hole to the to the to the leg or to the skirt of an Israelite and say, "Take me with you." They're not going to be begging to take us with them. We're about to take them into harm, and we're about to take them into a war zone. No, our departure is going to be something that is going to be celebrated by the world, because back for the most part, the world knows who we are. The only people who ain't got a clue is us. You go all over the world, and you are and you are a prime candidate Absolutely. to testify to this. That's true. There That's are many true. people who know who we are. So, That's yes, the world true. is going to celebrate that transition, but here's the thing, though. If this is what Brother Jonathan was asking, what's going to be halt, what may befall Israelites who choose not to go to Israel, you're going to suffer with the same, what is it said, the plagues, and the calamities that befall Babylon when it's na- when it's judged, because the only reason this nation has not been judged is because we in it, and the moment we leave so it, true. he's going to judge it. Hey, that's hey, why the scripture said comedy. he said. Here's a little comedy for you on that note you just mm-hmm. said. Hold that thought you got. I got a little comedy for you. I was telling Billy when we was in Israel, and I forget what hotel we was at, but we was in Israel. And I told him, I say, Billy. That's my stepfather, y'all, that had passed. I say, Billy, I'm telling you, I said exactly what you just said. I say, African-Americans, we're the true Jews, Billy. And he was still not sure. I say, we're the true Jews, and I'm telling you, we are the only reason that country, America, is not blown up. I say, as a matter of fact, let's say that a boat came to get all of us. If a boat came to get all of us, the very last person that steps on that boat, when his foot, his foot come off the land, that last foot to step on the boat, America going to blow up and it's going to take his shoe with it. He thought that was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> he must have laughed like five minutes. Anyway, but that's true, though. I just believe it with all my heart. It really is. It's not well, we just we're, read better the we're not stuff. better. Let's get something straight, Ellishaw. We're not better yeah. than anybody else. It's just that we are marked. We have suffered. We are a chosen people. There are certain prophecies that have to be fulfilled. It's not like we're better. Because if we were better, why would we go through all these curses? So I don't think we're better. It's just that we are chosen to go through this, chosen to go through that. And it's other nations. They're not less or better than we are, but they're supposed to play a certain part. We just have the main character part in this play. But it don't mean that we're any more important than any other nation. So just I just had to say that. But go ahead, brother. No, and I'll and I'll and I'll and I'll, and I'll preface this, this comment. What I'm about to say with this is to say this: I encounter Hebrews all the time on Facebook, and I hear them singing the glories of Israel, and I'm always a party pooper because I always chime in and say, "No, you ain't ish. You can put the S on the front of it if you want to, but you're not that. The simple fact of the matter is that you serve the Great and Almighty." And that's what makes us a particular and a peculiar people because he chose us. He didn't choose us because we were more righteous, because we outnumbered any people. We have a history of unrighteousness. We have a history of being a stiff-necked, a hard-hearted, and a rebellious, stubborn people. That's why we, when you read the prophets, the Bible is full of times where we were in judgment and in captivity because we were being judged for our stiff-necked and hard-heartedness. So for all these people who believe, yeah, I'm black and we're the righteous, no, let me put it the way, the reality I would put it, if I wasn't being politically correct, nigga, you ain't ish. Without the great I am, you're nothing. 
It's simple as that. Well, as a matter of fact, it's simple as the fact. No, the Bible clearly says that you will become a byword, and that's just what we became without his hand on our life. That's, well, that's, that's, that's a hard became, reality to not. embrace, but the Bible right. says that when I lift my hand from you, that you're going to become a byword to the nation. So, yes, you become a nigger to the nation. You know why? Because you've been a rebellion and he's put his hands off of you. But when he put his hands on you, you're going to be a prince again. You're right to the nation. Not to me, but to the nation. You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. I mean, that's what they call it. Yeah, so when he put his hands on us, we'll become a prince again. So I was praying that to say this is that, is that the most high... You, there's a scripture that many of the Hebrew Israelites that right now they exploit because they want to say Edom is the white man. The scripture is out of Ezra or either Jasper, and it comes out of the Apocrypha, and it says that Edom is the end of the world and that Israel is the beginning of the world. Well, when you know and understand according to the scriptures and not according to all this other additional information that these non-believers try to get us to confuse us and get us off track, then you understand that Edom, uh, Esau, is the twin brother of Israel. And the very man who shouted out to you and say, hello, Israel, the true Israel, that's Edom, that's Esau. And that's why come they are still there in that land. If you look at all the prophecies, it makes sense because that's exactly what the word of God says, that they would still be in the land. So when the scripture says that Edom is the end of the world and Israel is the beginning of the world, because when Edom gets their final judgment, because I'm sorry to tell you all people, and I would pray for every Palestinian that they would come to know that Yahweh HaMashiach is Lord and Savior, as King. Because for those who do not repent, you have to understand, they're going to be judged to the point of death. Yeah, when you say Yahweh, so talking about that the person y'all know is Jesus Christ. you got to say that because folks are always right. popping and they never heard that word before. Talking about the name, so, the name, there was no J in the Hebrew, but go ahead, brother. So, so for those who only see the Bible in present-day reality, we don't understand the history. And we don't understand why come the Most High has determined that he is going to judge the quote-unquote Edomites so severely. You know why? Because they attacked us. They suffered us. They injured us. The first time we, were, we made an attempt to go into the promised land, it was the Edomites, our own twin brother, who stood in our way and refused to allow us entrance. And we have a number of scrimmages throughout our history where our brother constantly came against us. And that's why I come in the, the law. It says that you are not to abhor an Edomite, for he is your brother. So the reason why he gave us that commandment is because if they treated us so viciously, it would be easy for us to hate them. But the book of Obadiah talks about the punishment that would become upon them, and that's what they're experiencing now. And why are they the end of the world? Because it's real simple. They're going to judge them real severely. And when they judge them, guess who's going to be waiting in the wings? They're coming to their land, us. And that means the beginning of the world because we are going to be the prelude for the return of the Mashiach where he comes to rule and reign for a thousand years. And that, my friends, my family, is the beginning of a new world. Powerful, so, powerful, powerful. That was good. That was good. I enjoyed that myself. Well, folks, y'all got a little homework to do. Again, some of you still not clear on what's going to actually happen to those rebellious Israelites, or at least Jonathan. I don't even know if he is, but we'll find out later. Um, brother, listen. 
brothers and sisters, listen. Bottom line is be a part of the remnant that the five is gonna a remnant that will will actually leave this land. We gotta get to where we we got to start wearing America like a loose garment. I know our parents in their fifties and sixties ain't going away. Okay, let them die. Don't wish them to die, but okay, let, allow them to stay here. Don't beat them up with none of this. Let them live because they they've ran, they've handed like a baton, like a race. They're passing the baton. But we need to start telling our children's children, hey, this is not your land. Get them used to start. Maybe they'll start off just something as simple as vacationing in other lands, visiting other lands. Start and not go running off the terrace. Start getting, start visiting other non-white countries. Get used to life without white people because it's about what's about to happen. I'm not talking about hating white people. I'm not talking about that. But this white supremacy we got to throw up. We love all people. But just understand that flying to Paris and all that, that stuff is getting old. There's other people that have nice stuff other than Paris and France and Italy and all that. Start seeing the world because, and really, go to Israel. Start there. I know y'all can't stomach it right now. Some of y'all, y'all don't know, I don't know. But start teaching your kids. America's not our home. It should be. We pay, we've got wars. We pay taxes. In every essence of the definition and all on paper, it's supposed to be ours. But if you can't have peace and your kids are dying and you're mistreated and misdiagnosed in hospitals and they're killing you every kind of way, which that's not your home. Might as well just go and swallow the pill. It ain't your home. It should be your home. It should be your home. Maybe you can have dual citizenship one day. But we don't show, got to, we don't show Skippy, as they used to say, got to start thinking about another home. And if you're African-American, you need to be eyeballing Israel because that is truly, that land is going to agree with your blood, with your guts, with your spit. That is your land. I know how all people are foreign looking and all that stuff. That's because of those white people that come back from the north, sent by the most high for a season, and they whiten up that whole area. But that land always, the land is, was, and always will be people of color. We're not our color. We're not a people just based on color. But I'm just saying, folks, we got to wake up. We got to wake up, wake up, wake up. Brother Elsha, I got to go ahead and wrap the show up. Go ahead and give us the last words, please, in less than two minutes. I go, I'm running, running, running tonight. Um, my, last could, my last words came with a question. Seth, that is just, I read in the scripture that when Israel comes back into the land, that the land, talking about the agriculture, the real estate, is going to respond to us. Like a flower being hit by a sun after the rain has hit it. Now, according to my knowledge, for the most part, Israel is a desert land. They have right. a man-made irrigation. They have a man-made irrigation system, which says that that means that somebody is withholding rain. People, when we get to that land, it's going to be glorious. The flowers are going to bloom. The trees are going to grow. The rivers are going to flow. That land is waiting for us. Thank you, Seth, for the for the opportunity. <laughs> well, thank you, brother. I always enjoy you. I always bring a lot to the table. Really appreciate it tonight, though. Okay, folks, and that was Brother Ellis Shore, all the way from Fort Worth, Texas. He's on all the time. All you got to do is listen to the show. Five for fun, you hear him. Never know he's going to pop in him. Or Brother John, Brother Ellis Shore, or uh, Brother Purcell. Just several people on this show a lot. Listen, folks, if you forget everything we said tonight, the most important thing is the most high, being obedient to him, following him. Not that I got it all together, Brother Ellis Shore got it all together, but folks, listen, it's to a point now where it can cost you your life. Because the enemy, and I'm not talking about a certain people, I'm talking about even certain, certain people that look like us got the enemy in, in them, 
and they are killing us. We're getting it from both ends, our own people. I'm not talking about based on no color. I'm talking about based on DNA. We are Israelites. As far as who white people are, it's hard to answer that because they're a mixture of multiple people from Africa with that recessive trait of white skin. So you can't really say there was no Germany, there was no France back in the ancient times. So it's hard to say. That's why we have to say white people. But there make no comments about it. There's no race based on color. I killed that last week when I talked about that. So... But they are brothers and sisters, and I love them. I want y'all to know that. Everybody know that. I love every single one of you, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. I mean it with all my heart. I don't mean no harm to no Israeli, no whites, nothing. We're just looking at the white supremacy tonight and the skin and what what our brothers and sisters have been uh, talking about for a long time. Uh, this lie about uh, – Brother Elisha, you might want to uh, – uh, mute my line because I can't, I can't get my boys to mute you, so just mute me. Uh, but i got to close this show out, and I want to close it out with a very important song I think that's going to bless all of you, um, because the Father didn't make a way. He made a way. And um, it, 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 when they thought we were just slaves and niggas and all of that, he, <laughs> he made a way, folks. I wish that my forefathers could see the, they used to say, we'll understand it better by and by. Well, we see it. We see it. All of that pain, all of that was for a reason. I know sometimes they may have thought it wasn't for a reason. We just out here just niggas. That's why I pay to be close to the Father because no grandpa, great-great-grandpa, we're not just niggas. We're Israelites. We're fulfilling prophecy. We're royalty it, in the essence of the word. A people chosen by the very finger of the Most High. I can't get no more royalty than that. And we have a glorious future that remnant obeys. The remnant that is obedient, the Father's God, remnant of them is going to go back to the land. Some won't go. Some of the some of the ones that'll be His people will not even go. That they will be resurrected. The world is going to know who they are. That's what I mean by resurrected. Everybody's going to know soon who we are. It's already happened. Folks, what are you going to do when it's already happened? I've been to 24 countries. I know what I'm talking about. Everybody seems to know it, but the people in America. Some of y'all got some research to do. Anyway, here it is, Made Away by the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. This song, God of Bless. She just got a bless. Listen to the words. Good night. See y'all next week. Hallelujah. Jesus has overcome the world. He's conquered the grave. And he has your life in his hands. What is your problem today that you're facing? He's conquered the grave. He can handle your situation. He will make a way when there seems to be no way. Set your eyes upon Jesus, the way maker. Hallelujah. We look to Jesus today. You made a way. You made a way. Don't know how, but you did it. You made a way.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.